Welcome to the Circle 31 Podcast. I'm your host, Ayana Robinson-Dixon. And on today's episode, I have a conversation with Dr. Letitia Starks-Underwood. Dr. Starks-Underwood is an educator, mentor, author, entrepreneur, publisher, and podcast host. Now here's my conversation with Dr. Letitia Starks-Underwood. Welcome to the Circle 31 Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here today. Would you please introduce yourself to our audience? Yes, ma'am. I am Letitia Starks Underwood. I am a mother of two. I'm a beautiful baby girl, excuse me, baby boy, and then a toddler that's a four-year-old girl. Um, I am married. I I am an author. Okay, I just actually recently released um, a new book, You Can Make It, Hope on the Journey of Motherhood. Um, also have a couple other books out there. You can make it Defeating the Spirit of Depression, and then you can make it a book of encouragement. And then I also have a couple of journals out there as well. I am an educator. I teach grades uh, K through 12, um, social sciences, and then also Discovery of the World and I am Possibleness, the course that I teach um, at a private Christian school here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I'm a podcaster. Um, I know I don't want to say like I'm just bragging this is who, but you know, these are just the things that I am uh, a part of. I'm a podcaster. I have my show called the You Can Make It Show. Um, when I can talk more about that later on the show, how that came about, as well as the books, if you notice that the title of my books called You Can Make It Books, and then I'm also an entrepreneur, I have my own publishing company on the side. Um, I am definitely a lover of Christ. Um, Christ is my foundation, and all of that actually uh, plays a huge part in my upcoming. And um, growing up, you know, I am the oldest of six boys, and so... A girl, of course, being the only girl, you know, uh, found a lot of favor with, you know, many family members. Um, you know, a lot of people will look at my life growing up that I, like I had everything, you know, I had both parents, you know, my parents, you know, provided everything, sacrificed for me. Um, so growing up was pretty much, you know, a lot of people say, oh, she had a perfect childhood. But then also behind closed doors, I also experienced several, several different things growing up um, that kind of plays a part in who I am today. Um, And so from those moments or those encounters that the enemy tried to destroy me at a young age, um, God actually covered me in those situations at a young age um, in terms of that made me seek God more because God was like my best friend. And then I feel like too, growing up, I didn't have too many friends, you know, um, I wasn't necessarily all this, the popular one. I was always, you know, heavy set, you know, so I've met, you know, people talk about, oh, she heavy set and she, you know what I mean? She's always the biggest one. And I was always into sports too, at, you know, very active, but what, regardless of what, I was always the biggest one on the team. And so I didn't really have, you know, friends, of course, I got along with everyone, but that doesn't make you, you know, oh, I have so many friends, right? And so that's kind of how I was. Um, So then I started to find my place in the church. And this came about because my family never, I didn't say never, because then my parents at one point in time, you know, they were in church and then, you know, just kind of drifted away. And so with that, I remember my great grandmother was saying, okay, 
Um, you need to get the kids into church, you know, this young young pastor here in town. But I always knew it was something about going to church because I would either go with my grandmother or go with different people. Like, it's just something that always drew me to church. And I just knew it was something about church and something about God. And, you know, so like I said, my grandmother told my parents, you need to get them in church. So I was like, went into the church at a young age. And I was like, this is what I want. I want a relationship with God. And ever since then, you know, my eighth grade year, uh, in uh, middle school that's when I found Christ and it's just been like a buddy but like you know he's my rock you know I depend every you know depend on Christ in every situation um and then from there like I said I use um I stopped playing sports I started being a part of youth ministry like I just wanted to breathe and stay in the church that's all I wanted you know I wanted every aspect I want just God to get his glory out of my life I just know that I just want to be in church you know and that's what I was like growing up, um, you know, anytime that, you know, the enemy came or something was to happen in my life, I used the church, um, praise dance, youth group, youth ministry as an outlet. Um, so that's kind of how I came to Christ um, to know, like I said, I always knew something special about church, about God, but I didn't have that revelation at the time. You know, I would just go from family to family until I was able to have, you know, an encounter with Christ. So very active. Uh, childhood involved and it sounds like your your involvement in the church allowed you just to blossom even more when did you know that you wanted to get into education as a career that is a god appointment let me tell you because I you know growing up I struggled in school okay I, I just point blank struggle if God was to say when I went off to college and I graduated from Taylor University with a BA uh, in biblical literature right if God would have said oh I want you to study education I would have laughed you know because me and education never was like that it's like I didn't even just getting into college itself you know was on the grace of God but God knew right he's very and God is very intentional so he knew that I was going to end up in the background and one of the things that I have always been taught under my pastor now who also is you know happens to be you know my grandfather Dr. Oscar J. Nelson Dowdle Underwood here in Fort Wayne and one of his biggest things he's always said you know, where you have been wounded, God will give you, or God has given you anointing in that area. And so Mm. in education, I have been wounded. That was a weakness for me. And because of that, now I have a passion for education. Now I can go back and I have more of a heart because I know what it felt like to, uh, you know, felt like to be a failure. I know what it felt like to struggle to read. I know what it felt like everybody to be smart. And you feel like you, not as smart as the next person. So because of that and my struggles in my youth and a school when I was younger has prepared and developed a heart, okay? Prepare and develop a heart for education now. But like I said, if God was to say, baby, uh, we're going to college for all this, I would look to God and say, mm-hmm, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> um, but like I said, God is very intentional. So just to take a little turn right here. I just want to ask you as an educator, can you share your thoughts on how you feel the pandemic has impacted education, at least in your classroom? Have you noticed anything? I have not. And I'm beyond see again, and it's all a tribute, of course, to God, but to the leader that I'm under, the headmaster. Like I said, I'm at, I teach at a private Christian school, two academies in one, okay? So you have it's the uh, Cornerstone Christian Prep Day in the high school. Then you have what is called EFOC, 
okay, is the French Academy. And then we have a leadership academy. So again, it's two schools in one. And so we have at the school, a great visionary headmaster who literally is directed and hears from God. So from my perspective as an educator, I feel like God has put us in a safe place and elevated us to a place where we have never been at a school where I have never been the educator. And like I said, it's more attributed to the leader that I'm under, the headmaster that I'm under, who again, pours into his staff and say, okay, this, even though it's a pandemic going on, we don't, we don't have to be uh, uh, subject to what's going on. Okay, even though that the enemy uh, has something in front of us, again, we're going to use it for our good. So what are we going to do? How can we use this uh, pandemic Okay, to teach these kids at a higher level, okay, to pour more and uh, pour, pour, excuse me, pour more into these kids, okay, to love on these kids at a higher level. So I, from my perspective, the pandemic has does have done nothing more but to elevate me as an ed educator. Again, that's a tribute to God and the leader, Dr. Nelson Dotto Underwood, who I sit under. So it was it, the pandemic was has been an opportunity for you. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Can you tell us more about you can make it and how it all came to being? And just just tell us about that. Yes, for sure. So you can make it books. Okay. It really originated from um, a book. Okay. Start off my very first book. Um, one thing about me, I feel like one of the gifts that God has given me is to be an encourager. So once it's like, I go through something, I'm ready. Okay. Let me go encourage the world. You know, um, um, Jesus told Peter, you know, um, the enemy has diminished to shift you. Okay. And, but he, uh, like we, but he said, um, once you have been converted, go back and strengthen your brother. So I use that scripture as the foundation to encourage others. So in my first book, I talked about my childhood, okay, things that occurred in my childhood. I talked about my struggles as, uh, as a student in college um, in terms of, you know, feeling like a failure that I wasn't good enough uh, to be at Taylor University, which is uh, one of the top Midwest Christian, uh, excuse me, universities here in the Midwest. I didn't feel like I uh, can amount to those individuals or to people around me, okay? Um, but, so I wrote on that, um, how God used my time at Taylor University. And so I put all that into the book. And so God, you can make in a book, a kingdom book of encouragement. So that led to, in the process of trying to write that book, um, I had several people say, I'm going to help you with the book. I help you edit it. I help you publish. I help you do X, Y, and Z. When the time came, I couldn't find nobody. So I said, okay, God, God taught me, showed me, okay, we're going to do this together. I'm going to show you how to self-publish your book. From self-publishing, I said, God, I want to help other people get their stories out. So what did I do? I created, excuse me, by the grace of God, started a publishing company. Okay. And from that publishing company, I told God, I want to help people in areas where people failed to help me. So I took, so, okay, I'm going to be a blessing. So can't nobody else go through what I've been through or, um, so that's how you can make a book. So I was, and in that, uh, publishing company has two sides. You have the traditional side, and then I have what is called the You Can Make It Book series. So the traditional side is where I just help people actually publish the book. We get their books out there on the market, and we do 
things of that nature. And then the, um, the You Can Make It book series that we have our own series. And then we go ahead and we look for writers and we pay writers to submit their stories um, to our series. And so again, you can find that at www.youcanmakeitbooks.com. Okay. So you can see about our traditional side. And then also if you would like to submit a story um, to the You Can Make a Book series. So we seek in all ways, one course to give God glory. The second is to empower others, um, making sure that regardless of what they're going through, going through that they can what make it. Okay. So again, so that's uh, where we collect other stories. Um, which led to the first book of the series where I use other people, uh, where other people, sorry, um, submit their stories, depression, you can make it defeating the book, sorry, defeating the spirit of depression. And what happened, I kind of go into a season, uh, uh, talk about season one, I feel like I was depressed and God used my grandfather and pastor to pull me out. And so because God used somebody um, to pull me out, okay, and not everyone has a Dr. Oscar J. Nelson Dotto under it, not everyone has a grandfather that can pull them out of darkness, um, so then I told God, you know what, in this season, because you used my grandfather to pull me out, I am going to be a light uh, bearer, or to be a light or a help to somebody else, so that's how depression came, and then like I said, I recently just uh, published another one, back in August. And that's, you can make it hope on the journey of motherhood. And again, so many from myself to several other great authors in that book talks about their story as a mother, and then also share different principles of empowerment to um, inspire other moms. So that's how all of you can make it came about. And then from the books and then the pub, uh, um, the podcast. And so similarly, the, the podcast is just nothing more uh, but the extension of the uh, publishing company and the books. Okay, so I just invite people on the show. And okay, again, what's your story? Okay, how can we use your story to empower somebody else? So I have the book format, and then I have where people can vocalize their story. If someone listening said, you know what, I really want Letitia, I want to work with you can make it for them to help me to publish my book. What would an aspiring author, what would be the steps for an aspiring author to work with you in terms of the publishing aspect of it? Yes, so the first step would, of course, reach out. Then my next step to you, I have questions. And I uh, um, ask everyone, there's a set of questions that we will go over in terms of your purpose and your why. Why do you want to publish a book? What is your purpose for publishing a book? Because you just don't want to publish a book just to say, get your name out there or say, I did this. No, there has to be a stronger why and purpose to why you want to publish in your book. And the ones that I see, you know, we talk about that, we break that down. Then, okay, let's take the next steps. Okay, let's make out a plan. When do you want this book published? Okay, are you sending the next month, next year? Okay, and if it's a little further out, okay, would you like uh, um, me to sit down? We can consult. We can have weekly meetings or monthly meetings, which I I do that now with several other students. Excuse me, I keep saying students in my head. I'm thinking students, but <laughs> but um, several other aspiring authors um, to help you know provoke the idea. They say, okay, yes, they feel led to write, but they need help. Okay, so I offer okay weekly. I sit down with two authors right now and just waiting on the third one to you know submit her schedule to me. 
but this is what, if you feel led to do, I'm going to help you because this is a part of my ministry. I thank you so much for, for giving that thorough explanation because there could be someone listening right now who does feel the tug to write their first book. And perhaps they maybe may feel led to contact you to help walk them through the process and they can connect with you and your publishing company. And then yes. you also mentioned the series. So um, have you completed the series or is that an ongoing work? It's an ongoing process. So like, like I said, depression was one, um, uh, hope for mothers was another, which I will always, you know, go back and it'll be a part uh, two, part three. But right now, you know, looking for, you know, fathers, um, single moms. Okay. So you can find the different uh, uh, themes on our website, um, the upcoming themes. I wanted to circle back to, um, you've mentioned your grandfather. Um, I, could you give us a little bit more about the impact he's made on your life? And then also talk about that period of depression, what led to that? And then how your, 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 what led to that and how your grandfather helped you? How did God use your grandfather to help you through that? Yes, um, for sure. Yeah. One of, um, one of the key individuals or gifts that God has given me is my grandfather. Okay. Of course my parents, um, but my grandfather, God gave me him once I married my husband. Okay. So, and he embraced me along with um, my husband's uh, parents have embraced me as their own. And so for him to embrace me as his granddaughter have, you know, meant a lot. And so because he is so anointed and so um, connected to God, um, he hears from God, you know, especially when we're going through things, you know, and it's, it has been times. Um, and this is how I know for sure that God is real, because there's been some times where I have maybe wrestled, uh, wrestled with questions or was hurting and I didn't say anything to, uh, to anyone, but I got on my face and I prayed and here go, you know, a, a, a phone ring, 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 granddaughter, the Lord has showed me or I'm calling to let you know this is what God is saying. And then you have to pause like, now, Grandpa, I did not say anything to you. I, you know, I spoke to the Lord. So to hear, to know him as the prophet that he is um, has played a huge part. Not only that, like I said, from um, my, uh, being my pastor, my apostle, okay, my spiritual dad. And then I also have, he's my headmaster. Okay, so the school that I work at, that I'm employed in a, and I serve my gifts, he's, uh, he started, started and founded that school, okay? And then also the Bible college where I received my master's and my PhD has been under him, okay? Where he started a Bible school, a Cornerstone Christian Prep, then, sorry, that's the, uh, <laughs> that's the uh, school, but Cornerstone Bible College Next Level, Okay, is the actual Bible college that he started, like I said, got two degrees under him. So he has played a tremendous role in my uh, uh, and who I am today. And be honest, because, you know, God has given us I uh, given us parents and I have some of the best parents. Right. But there are some things that my spiritual father can only give me that my natural parents couldn't. And so that's why, you know, I thank him. And I most of all, I thank God for the connection and for interwoven, you know, me with him because of the things that I yet have to do. Um, because even from a young child, I always knew that I was going to do something great for God, you know, 
I just wanted to be, and this is from a young, uh, young age, even in the times from where I got discouraged or distracted, you know, God used him to remind me exactly who I am in Christ and who God called me to be. So in terms of that is, you know, a relationship, you know, like I said, next, uh, next to my parents, that I would cherish and honor because of that role. And so, which led to the, you know, depression. Sometimes we think we have things figured out or we want to do things our way. And um, what I found out, okay, I found out I was pregnant, right? And I said, oh no, uh uh-uh, this is not it, God. You know, second child was not, you know, on my agenda. And I began to like, uh, and I feel like my life is just coming back together. You know, I feel like I'm getting up and here I go, boom. Okay. Um, I find out I'm pregnant. So I started to slip into depression. And what happened was he called me, uh, was working on a project for a conference and he called and he said, you know, this is what God is speaking. Okay. Get up. Okay. You need to get up. You know, he's telling me to get up because I was down. And the person, so that's how he pulled me out by speaking God's word. So, okay, this is what I am sensing. And this is what I'm picking up. So he used God's words to pull me through when I didn't even know. Um, so that's how with the depression. And from there, I said, okay, since he spoke life to me, and since he picked, uh, God used him to uh, speak life into me. Therefore, I am going to be a light and speaking to others. And like, as you said, you know, God uses people and he connects us with the people that we need in our lives to nurture what's already inside of us. Tell us about your husband. How did you meet him? Oh, wow. Uh, okay. So just at, at church, and it's, it's funny because um, I ended up at the church, you know, a, a Cathedral of Praise. And before there, like I said, I was, a visit, I was a member of another church. And this is during my years in college, okay, my freshman year. And I was invited to this church, okay, by another member that was, you know, at Cathedral. And she um, was also attending Taylor Fort Wayne, which was the university my freshman year, but it ended up closing down. And so one thing about me, regardless of what relationship it regardless of the relationship or who it is or what it may be I'm about covenant so if I'm committed to you I'm committed to you so that was that's church a rela- you know my marriage you know a sister in Christ I'm committed to that covenant and so she kept inviting me to church I'm like no I don't visit other people church I go to my church my church only okay but I felt so led let me, let me back it up I had to complete an assignment um to be uh for a sociology class and it was, okay, go visit a church that's not like yours, right? So I said, okay, you know, waited to the last minute to get this assignment done. I said, okay, I can just go to this church here. They speak in tongues. You know, I'm from the Baptist church, you know, and I was taught growing up, you don't speak tongues in the Baptist church. And so I said, okay, I'm going over here. Let me go ahead and try this ministry right here. This is a little different from what I grew up. And I got there and it was like the presence of God was so strong. I mean, like a, a whole nother level um, that I have never, ever experienced before. So that pulled me in. Um, so like I said, then fast forward, start going to the church and college. And so I was about 45 minutes away and I was, I would drive to and from, okay. Every other Sunday, couple, you know, try to stay connected with the presence. And so I finally graduated from college. Okay. Now I'm fully involved in the church. And then I received a phone call um, from which happens to be my husband, mom, right? 
She said, okay, I'm calling on the behalf of Apostle. We would like to know if you would like to take a position. This also goes back to teaching. Would you like to take position, take a position at um, the school? We have an opening. I didn't go looking for it. It came knocking at my door. Okay, so that's how I knew it was God. And so from there, my husband worked at the school at the time. So, you know, here we go. Just starting to be around each other more and more and more. So we got church, we got school. And then, you know, one day he said, okay, we're going to talk about the situation, you know. And I said, what situation? He said, you know. And so, you know, he asked me out. And so then from there, we was dated for about a year and a half and we got married and then was married for about a, a year and a half. And then my daughter came along and then now our son. So, and this past or the September 5th made six year, our six year anniversary. Well, congratulations on year six. Thank you. So you wife, mom, you know, you have your podcast, you have your publishing company, author. Talk to me about the importance of your relationship with Christ in the midst of everything that you're doing and all of the roles that you're playing. Yes, um, that's my relationship with Christ and what keeps me going. That's my hope. That's my strength. Because even when I say I feel as if, um, okay, God, I need to do this, but I have to turn to you because I can't do anything God is calling me to do or even calling me. We cannot do it from our natural man, okay? So when God is calling us because it's not the ordinary, when God has placed something or given us a desire to do and which is our purpose, he's, uh, he makes it where we have to rely on him because if we try to do it in our natural man, we will get burnt out. Okay, so I found I have to have Christ in everything, even when things begin, if things doesn't work out like I plan, okay, God, here we go, I have to be counterintuitive, what are you saying in this situation, okay, so Christ is important in every aspect, it keep, he keeps me grounded, he keeps me in line, keep me organized, because I also know that in everything that I do, I am a reflection of him, okay, and one of the things, again, uh, I know I keep referring to my grandfather, but that's who God has used to pull what's in me out, right? And so one thing that, you know, my grandfather has instilled in me was excellence. And I didn't know much about excellence, excellence until I got underneath him. And what he said in terms of excellence, you have to be excellent. Why? Because Jesus is our model and his name is excellence. God's name is excellent in the earth. Okay. So therefore, it's my creator excellence that I must reflect my creator and be excellent too. So anything that I do, I must, first of all, do it all unto God and his glory and to do it in excellent because, again, I am his representation. I'm so glad you mentioned that word excellence. Can you help us understand the difference between excellence and perfection? Is there a difference? And if so, what is it? There is definitely a difference between excellent and perfection because even though, and this is for me, perfection, we're trying to do it on our own, trying to make everything perfect. We're one, we're not perfect beings. So nothing's going to be perfect. Only thing that's uh, perfect we are perfect in Christ you know that's about the only perfect that we're going to get so so many times people get burnt out and say okay I'm doing this for God but why because they're trying to be perfect and and do everything um I'm sorry do everything sorry me back I'm sorry everyone's trying to be perfect right and again we're not 
you know? And so excellence meaning that, okay, you may mess up, you may have a bump or two, you may not have a, all the way together, but the fact of the matter that you're trying, you understand the more and more that you are trying, the more and more that you're doing it for Christ, okay? The more that you will be in alignment as opposed to, okay, I'm, I'm trying to be perfect. Um, you referred earlier back to um, some challenges you had in your childhood. Would you like to, to share with us just a few things that you were able to overcome? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, like I said, one of the things uh, growing up to um, a lot of uh, self-confidence um, because I was always the, like I said, the bigger one, not the people, not, didn't, uh, not too many people knew because one of the things about too growing up, I was um, confident in, you know, in other areas, right? But in who I was, um, I feel like I struggled a little bit with that. And then also too, I was um, sex- sexually molested um at a young age and so and that's one thing you know I don't normally you know talk about I wrote about it in my first book I normally um like I said I don't really talk about it when God I feel you know led by God and in terms of because um I feel like during that time, God kept me, he protected me, and, you know, regardless of what, I still had his joy, you know, because I know, and what made me realize that when I had uh, uh, got to college, so many um, individuals I could relate with, but mentally they wasn't there, they felt so broken, so defeated, but I was never like that, you know, I was the one that always hid it and tried to push it behind me, because of the fact of the matter, I didn't want my parents to know, you know, and then as I got older, it went from, okay, I don't want my parents to know, to uh, dealing with guilt, like, dang, I should have, you know, spoken up and told my parents um, about what was going on in my childhood, but I couldn't, you know, and again, as a child, you feel like, um, not that I couldn't communicate, it was just hard to communicate, you know? Um, and sometimes it, it, it's just like that. And like I said, I ended up starting to encounter and talk to other people who had a total um, um, perspective or a total outlook on life because of what happened to them or they were still bound um, to their childhood. Um, so for me to encounter that or to even go through that and say, okay, even so, and be as free as I am, you know, it was nothing but God. Um, but again, God is intentional and God never allowed us to go anything without a, a purpose. And so, so yes, it happened to me. Okay. Yeah. And I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to do what I have to do. Encourage those who God tells me to encourage, but then guess what? That's not who I am. The enemy tried to destroy me at a younger age, but look who I am now in my adult years. Let, let's talk about you as an educator. Tell us about what it's like to be in your classroom. How do, how do your uh, students, how do they call, like, what do they refer to you as? Either Mrs. Yep, either Mrs. Stark's Underwood or Dr. Stark's Underwood. So, so what, what grade levels do you teach? K through 12 what yeah you teach everybody Uh uh-huh I got them all yes ma'am k through 12 tell us about it tell us about a a typical day in your class what are the differences Mm -hmm. between like the the 11th graders and your second graders give us all of the scoop what tell us about it I will so like I said so normally 
um, I, I stated, you know, our school is two schools in one, right? And so the first part of the day is, you know, of course, our what is known as our French Academy. And so that's where the kids, you know, practice French, you know, have different things that, so our kids are exposed to different things from around the world, right? Not just limiting them to here in America or in, in the city of Fort Wayne or in the state of Indiana, our students are really exposed to so much, right? So they're exposed that first half a day. So with me, with the discovery of the world and I am possible in this course, I take my students, we travel the world, okay? Um, one thing, even though we are in the pandemic, which uh, our headmaster has instilled into other staff and the students, even though we are in um, a pandemic, it doesn't stop our imaginations. Like our feet can be here, but our mind can go ahead and go, right? And one of the quotes that he, or my uh, uh, apostle headmaster introduced was one of um, Albert Einstein, you know, logic can take you from A to B, but imagination can take you anywhere. So allowing our students um, to know that, okay, this week we're talking about France and we are in France. So what are we going to do? We're going to use our minds, our imagination as we're watching this video and we're walking in France right now. We're visiting the Eiffel Tower, okay? We're eating at this restaurant, okay? Then we're looking at now that I'm here in this city or here in this country, what difference can I make in this country, right? So I'm teaching them, okay, as we have been taught that, you know, according to the law of possibility, Mark 9, 29, okay, all things are possible to him who believe, right? And so again, I know I keep referring back to my grandfather, but again, that's, you know, he is who he is, truthfully, you know, in my life. And also, no, so he introduced us in the world to I am possible, not that you are possible things, because things are possible that it's going to work, but the awareness of you, the person, I am possible, right? And so him uh, teaching that, uh, and so our school is based off the uh, Mark 9, 29, the foundation, okay? Every uh, that we are possible if we would believe, and because of that, right? Um, so he has charged me in my class to show the students, okay, what difference are they going to make in the world as they are, are as they are traveling? Okay, so we, I mean, the kids love, you know, especially my youngest one, younger ones, when we are in our different countries, where playing different music, we listening to different um, um, alphabets and different languages, okay? We're seeing traditional dances in that country. So we're able, again, they're being exposed and we laugh and then they come back. Okay, let's, let's process what's going on right now. What are we doing on our tour? Okay, in France, what are we doing on our tour in Israel? Let's journal a little bit. And with my younger ones, I let them color. Let's go ahead and color. Let's color your day. Let's process your day through drawing. Then my upper student, you know, my middle school, okay, all of our students, all of my students are so amazing. It's not one that I said, oh, mm -mm, that's not me. I'm not the educator. So, but I am the educator that I just love my students because, again, the environment that we are in, right? And so, even with my middle-aged students, you know, would come in and, and of course, again, going back to my young ones, Dr. Starks Underwood, love you, love you. Okay, hi, hi, happy to see you. So we're very, you know, engaging with, engage with one another. Students come in, we talk, we, you know, laugh, you know, make a chuckle, okay? What is going on? Um, then if a student feel down, we encourage them. Because again, yes, we are teachers, but in the same token, as an educator, you are also known as, in a, in a, 
um, a minister. Why? Because this is ministry. So I'm more than just an educator. And again, a lot of this I would have never understood if I wouldn't have been again under um, my headmaster. So to be in, engraved, say, okay, I am more than just an educator. I'm a minister because I also minister hope to these babies. And then in turn, the babies minister hope to me, right? So we're growing, okay? As I am teaching and they are growing, it's like we're doing this together, okay? By the grace of God. And so then, you know, get to my older schools, you know, I can have more of a conversation, okay? How can we make this, this more relevant, okay? What are you going to do with this knowledge? So especially, so for example, in government, okay? We're looking at the government. Okay, what are some laws that we can incorporate? What are some laws that you can change? So let's be real, okay? Because at the end of the day, it's, it's really real outside, so out there in the world, okay? So what are we going to do? Um, so a day, so I just love, you know, for me, I don't have bad days, okay? Uh, I may have a moment, like, okay, students, let's get to come, let's come, let's have a come to Jesus moment. Okay, what's going on? Do we need to stop? Do we need to stop? Do we need to do an affirmation? You tell me so that we are in alignment together, that we can grow so that one, one mess up their environment uh, for another. So. So you're, the, you're, the school that you are, that you're teaching at is in Fort Wayne, Indiana? Yes, ma'am. Fort Wayne, Indiana. Okay, so one more time for those of our listeners who are in Fort Wayne or in the area, can you give us the name of the, of the school and is there a website? Yes. Okay, the name of the school okay, is Cornerstone Christian Prep Day in High School, two academies in one. Okay, again, two academies in one. We have our French Academy, then we have our Leadership Academy, and then we have our uh, rigorous course, um, such as, you know, of course, mathematics. Well, I can't even really go into the name and know why, because it's just so many. I'm going to be honest. But again, um, under the leadership, the headmaster, Dr. Nelson, Dr. Oscar J. Nelson Dotto Underwood. And then um, the website is cornerstonecollegeprep.org is the website where you can kind of go on and look at the website. And if, of course, if you are in the area and it's something that you're um looking for especially in this pandemic where you can still find hope and see that your child is still learning and that their learning their education has not been compromised but in fact take uh, has been taken to another level then this is where uh you uh will want your child to be again i'm not saying that because this you know this is where i'm at but because i can see the evidence in it. and then also saying with my daughters who's a four-year-old who's um um, a four-year-old who's um, taking second grade classes, okay? So there's so much, again, as an educator, when you know who you are and your purpose, there's, you know, you break the norm. You don't just settle. And that's one thing that has been important to me as an educator, um, it, go higher. Don't just give them minimum, especially um, because of you or a certain race or a certain, you know what I mean? Um, take it higher, okay? Um, pour into the kids, teach them. And again, my biggest thing is to uh, is expose as for exposure is already a key component at the school. But, you know, for me, some of the things that I wasn't, some things I wasn't even exposed to until I got to college, I'm gonna be real, you know what I mean? So to come back and say, okay, be under somebody under the leadership of someone to say, okay, let's expose these kids to so much because there's a God out there who created the whole world. Why are you going to limit them to one area or limit, limit them to what they can uh, uh, what they can learn or achieve? 
I don't even know how to really explain, you know, how many parents come in, you know, feeling power and change just from their kids and seeing that the difference that the school has make uh, has made in their child's lives. So just to even see that and knowing that again, Christ is the foundation of everything, of every subject. So we can be in math, Christ is the uh, uh, foundation science, Christ is the foundation social science. Why? Because every subject came out of Christ. So again, everything that we are taught or that we teach, again, Christ is the foundation. Could you offer some words of encouragement to those parents who are, who are looking for hope? They need to hear someone say, you can make it. Can you offer those parents some words of encouragement right now? What you see, um, don't let it affect, okay, um, you in terms of know who you are, know who God is, trust the process. He's not going to allow something to come and destroy you, but you have to be careful in terms of how you decide to see your circumstances, right? Um, again, so this uh, past Sunday, my, pastor, uh, my pastor taught on many look, but only a few can see. And that is a quote by Dr. Miles Monroe, um, my uh, pastor's spiritual dad, right? And that's one thing my pastor talked about, the way that you see things, your perspective, how do you see? Either you're going to see this um, storm that comes in your life as a storm that's going to break you, or you're going to see this um, storm as an opportunity, right? An opportunity to grow, or even just, okay, opportunity to praise God, or just an opportunity to trust God even more, okay? Um, so my encouragement is to continue to trust God, okay? Regardless of what you may see, regardless of what your physical eyes may tell you, regardless of what somebody may try to do to you, regardless of what your children may uh, go through, again, this too shall pass, okay? Just one of the things that I also reflect on, think of past situations where you thought you couldn't get out of, think on past um, 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 past. Uh, circumstances where God brought you or delivered you or healed, right? Again, he did it before he'll do it again. So it goes for just stay in a place of gratitude. Just thank God, continue to thank God for things, um, uh, for his grace, his mercy. Speak the word of God over your life. Um, so it's really, again, that hope piece. Don't lose that because that hope is what's going to get you to the next level. Okay. Hope leads you to faith, right? So you can't have faith without hope. So whatever you try to, whatever you do, don't lose that hope. Uh, um, because again, you need that. Um, so continue to fight, continue to press. Okay. Always know that Christ loves you regardless of what you're going through. Christ love can't nothing take Christ's love away from you. If anything, any circumstances, okay, should push you closer to his love because that's how much he loves you regardless, okay, of what, again, may be going on. His love does not stop for you. We can find your books online to purchase. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. You can find uh, books either Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart. So they're out there. Um, so again, you can um, go to youcanmakeitbooks.com and purchase the books there, or you can find me on any social media platform and message me and we can get something out to, out to you that way. 
So yes, ma'am. And then where can we listen to your podcast? Yes. Okay. You can make it books.com. Dr. Letitia Sparks Underwood. Thank you for joining us today. Again, thank you. If today's episode was a blessing to you, please like and subscribe to our podcast. Visit our website at circle31internationalwomensministry.org. There you're going to find all of our previous episodes, our blog posts, and you can also connect to us uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook from our website. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Thank you for joining us today.